You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. News team, assemble. And bigger than ever, it's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Presented by the Choctaw Casino and Resort in Durant. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew. Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. All right, welcome back. It is the unofficial 40 podcast from Soonerscoop.com with the entire crew once again. As uh, we are here... On a Tuesday. On a Tuesday, we're doing a little bit early this week. I gotta, oh, I got, I got stupid. I mean, I, I'm not gonna. I got meetings. I gotta fly to Atlanta for some rivals meetings, uh, which I know Josh is really jealous that he's not going to. Again, this is this is always the hard part. I mean, this is a really tough deal for me to accept <laughs> as your business partner that I don't usually get roped into this shit. So it's it's upsetting for me, but I'm going to deal with it. And I'll find out uh, if Jeff Ketchum has anything to say about Eddie. Hey, I'm just happy they leave in the city of Austin for the first time since 2009. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't have even brought it up, should I? He's 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 currently getting... He's I mean, if we want to spend an hour talking about losers, we can talk about Jeff Ketchum. <laughs> <laughs> Is he come back to life yet? I don't think so. Okay. After I uh, told him I... After he texted me and said, Eddie, we need to talk. And I said, I don't think that's going to happen, Jeffrey. Uh, we haven't spoken since. I will say that you're not afraid to talk to people that you rip. Um, you did talk face-to-face or phone-to-phone to Jim Traber. Yeah. I, so why did you take didn't... why did you take Traber's call but not Ketchum's? He never called me. Okay. He just texted me. He said they need to talk. You didn't call him. I can't remember what I said. I think I said... Uh, no, I don't think that's going to happen, I think is what I said. <laughs> so, yeah, it should be a pleasant uh, couple of days in Atlanta. When you talk to your accountant, then you'll talk to me. Carrie, I mean, do you have a thing with ghosts? I mean, are you going to be able to talk to him? Is he going to be a little uncomfortable? Yeah, should, should, I just, should I just bring a Ouija board to our first meeting? <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> summon him out. <laughs> summon, him. summon him. I brought this so we could speak to catch him. Speak apparition. <laughs> Uh, I I'll would contact the uh, Austin airport real quick. Make sure that they know that a ghost might be coming through here in the next 24 hours. <laughs> okay. Um, I have to apologize. And this is this segment brought to you by Is This Racist? Uh, my yard guy has not been here in a month. It's driving me insane. It drove me insane just walking. It It's rained on Saturdays. But the problem is... Are you are you, you have a slurpy, Josh? What's going on Yeah, it's hitting there? icy. Sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, so... It's rained on Saturdays, but Sundays, and I guess my guy can only come on the weekends because he got caught up by Cinco de Mayo. He couldn't come on that day, and then Mother's Day last yeah, week. So it's not want to get paid too bad. You know who doesn't have to worry about that? Don Trump. The people that get mocked and take care of their own yard. 
do their own. You're like that. Work. You're like that commercial where the guy says uh, they have a little kid that comes and mows the lawn, and all the other guys in the neighborhood judge him. It's yes. that commercial too, where that lady's like, "Oh, you have a tattoo, so do you not work?" <laughs> I love that commercial. I what is I, that for? Speaking of it, it's like progressive. Or, that, okay, yeah, yeah, it is progressive. I think Lainey's starting to take stock of a um, one of my tattoos. I mean, obviously, she's seen the one on my leg for years. Ooh. Um, we're getting into the multiple third, tattoo the talk. third tattoo talk. <laughs> yes, I. You know, as we talked about, I have three. Um, there is one. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll give a little hint. Two of the three you. You can always see if I don't have a shirt on, which is best for all people that I can hide that. Oh, my God. So, so in the swimming pool, you can see two. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. But you have to be skinny dipping for you to see three. Well, no, the one on my, I'm, well, I mean, no, because I mean, the one on my leg is on my calf. Is it on it's, your ass? Is it on your ass? Can we just ask that? No, uh, the, the two of the three, like I said, I could be, I could be in a bathing suit with no shirt and you're going to see all three of my tattoos. Let's put it that way. Okay. So no, nothing lewd, nothing racy, just, you know, um, and, you know, to any rumors out there, no tramp stamps. There's mm-hmm. no tramp stamps. So, um, but anyway, this morning, um, I, I didn't have a shirt on. I was, I was, I had a little laundry issue. We won't get into my sensitive skin and how I had to clean clothes to get some detergent off that was irritating me. But, um, Anyway, didn't have a shirt on this morning, and Lainey's kind of looking at this tattoo, and you, I, she doesn't ever say anything, but I can see it on her face. She's like, "Has Dad been in prison?" Like, I mean, like you could tell she was like, because the one I'm talking about is like kind of mean looking. Like Tiffany, the first time she you saw get a it, teardrop like, tattoo. Wow, I guess. So. Yeah, no, like is it, it looks like I got. No, it's not tribal. It's a couple of letters, and they're like kind of gothic K. looking. Okay. Two letters. Two oh, letters. Okay. I was just making sure it wasn't out, three. I struck out two in the bottom WP. of the night, not three. So, um, but, uh, is but it, no. Is it the okay sign upside down? No. Oh, God. Let's not go down that <laughs> Big Cubs fan, are you? <laughs> <laughs> but no, again, I think Lainey is, she's not yet ashamed of her father, but she's getting there. So, you know, we've got that to look forward to. Plenty of future stories. Your wife works at a hospital. You can go get the laser thing done if you really need, you know, if it becomes a thing. Yeah. Or just go full on neck tattoo and just, just you know. Or you could be uh, one of those parents that just like, yeah, we don't care if our kid gets a tattoo at 13. Just like really buy into the tattoo idea. Yeah, just act like like we really think it's like a... It's rev- body it's art. A, um, yeah. Body art. Well, it's a quality piece of your humanity. I mean, that really it right. makes you a better person to have right. a tattoo. Yeah, for sure. Just roll with roll into the crash. I like it. So I have not gone by campus lately. Um, are people celebrating by just planting flowers on campus now in the in the South Oval? Now that James Gallagher is retiring. Uh, by the way, first off, we need to start there because we, you yes, can't we retire do. from something you haven't been on a job for for a year. <laughs> like we do, you need can't to start retire. That. He has to he, say he's resigning. He has to say he's, yes. There, you can't say that the guy's retiring when he has quit. That's like saying I just didn't. We didn't lose. We just didn't win. Yeah, it's like we ran out of time. It's like, well, you got <laughs> you beat. Know, you got beat. My my six month pension just really didn't come together the way I thought it was going to. I didn't even really notice it until people were bringing it up on the board about the beautification of the campus. I mean, I guess they like fired all the, you know, the the gardeners. I mean, I guess it's it's cost cutting, man. Yeah, but I, I agree. I've not been. I haven't walked campus lately to see the difference. 
I think that would be a great way to celebrate, you know, the new president is just to plant crap everywhere. But now it's graduation and there's no student. I'm plant. going down Lindsay. Oh, Norman, cannabis all over. Norman's incredible. Norman I'm going is down my Lindsay favorite again. city in Oklahoma now all of a sudden. I can go three eat. three months a year. It's I can, crazy. I can go eat wherever I want on Dude, campus I, corner. I know I say it every year, but I just can't believe that school's out for the year. Like, that's insane to me. It's too early? I guess, yeah. I mean, I I guess it just kind of snuck up on everybody. Well, there's no snow days this year. Has it always been this early, though? Yeah, it's the second week of May. And then high schools are like the third or fourth week these of May. kids have it too easy these days. Because that's why we get to go to morning practices during the next we couple weeks. We went to school all summer. <laughs> Some of us did. In my day. Yeah, Eddie, that's because you failed three courses. That's different. Well, summer intercession. <laughs> Uh, no, but it, I, I look, people are like trying to give us credit for like calling this. I don't even remember really what we talked about last week. <laughs> I saw that yesterday. I was like, eh, oh, I'll just retweet it and act like we did. <laughs> we just mentioned I don't, I don't, the I really don't. Yeah, I mean, just saying that was there even weren't a, good. Did we, yeah, okay. Is that what it was? Was And then Josh said, what you bring when you take a situation that is chaos, it usually ends it in usually chaos, too. It ends in chaos. Well, it was quite the chaos. It was out of, I thought it was just out of left field driving home from Norman on Sunday night. On Mother's Day? Yeah. It gets that put out no there. Sense. It's just that there were just so many uh, executive session regents meetings. I mean, those are pretty important people. They don't want to be meeting every week, too. I mean, at some point, you know, he probably just, uh, he obviously saw the writing on the wall. Like, this isn't going to be fixed. Yeah. It, probably one of those situations that you wake up and it's like, I have a ton of money in my bank account. Why do my Waking up and putting up with this. And I also thought in his uh, his statement, he kind of referenced that shit's going to hit the fan and I, you know, I wasn't responsible for it. Like, I don't want to be here for it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I really think that's part of it. Like, if this stuff continues, the boring and, and the trip hall and all that stuff, if it continues to linger, becomes a, a true scandal, like, he doesn't want to be around for that crap. I'm he's 66. He's got better things to do. Combine a couple things here. because got six six-year-olds taking head coaching jobs in the NBA right now. Yeah, uh, Josh's story last week, Noah Nelson, who's now committed, what did he talk to you last week about when he met with President Gallagher? Oh, I mean, they were all impressed and excited. You know, oh, this guy will be around the program, and we know him, and we can, you know, it'll it'll make good business connections for us some way down the road. I mean, like, I talked to him about it. I talked to, um, oh, uh, Hatchet. Not Alexander. Hatchet. Uh, I talked to Hatchet about it, and uh, God, the the lineman just committed from that. I literally just went to see at Frisco Reedy. My brain is just going. Nate, blank. Nate Anderson. Nate Anderson. Nate God, Alexander. Man, Nate Alexander. Yeah, I was like, I know it's not Alexander. I'm not going to say Alexander. Uh, I think your yeah, text but, I mean, to speech is rotting guys. your brain, Josh. <laughs> I there's a there's a good possibility that is the case. It could also be the icy. A little little bit of sugar goes a long way with Josh, so I may be just a little out in space. Um, but you're saying but that, no, they this has been a selling. They all love that idea. This yeah, has kind of been a that, selling yeah. point for them in the program. Well, I mean, you guys look at it. The the pictures that most of the staff tweeted out was the picture in front of Gallagher's, you know, campus house. That was a big. That was kind of their, you know, thunder dinner thing that particular weekend. That was their big sell, uh, selling point. Well, I mean, it kind of harkens back to you know the days of Bud Wilkinson when uh, a lot of you know 
players were coming to Oklahoma for petroleum engineering. I mean, my my best friend's uh, dad came to Oklahoma from Mississippi for that very reason, to play for Bud Wilkinson. And uh, I think he ended up getting like a geology, geological engineering degree. But, uh, degree. but I, I mean, that's a selling point at Oklahoma. But Heinemann, Sam... Um, uh, there was an offensive lineman, a tackle. Sam Grant? Big, Sam Grant, I think it was. So he kind of came as a tight end, got yes. moved to offensive mm-hmm. tackle, yeah. uh, and he was like a petroleum engineer, but it took so much of his time, he never developed as a football player. So I was kind of like, yeah, that's great. You know, you can... I mean, that's a recruiting thing. Like, come on. How many people... I remember... Uh, um, ah, dang it. Um, Jeez, this is... This is not a good start. A, uh, are, you thinking, are you thinking of Jeff Frazier? <laughs> No. He's the one I always think about in these situations. Uh, Thomas, uh, just uh, uh, <laughs> look it up. Defensive look back, it up, big fella. Defensive uh, back. Everybody hated him by the time he was done. Jordan Thomas. Jordan Thomas. Like remember, he came in. He was going to be an electrical engineer. It's like the to- total dominance hour. <laughs> he came in and was going to be an electrical engineer, and they sold him on that. And like by the time it was done, he was like a letters. De- you know, was going after like a letters I'm, degree. I'm something. calling bullshit. By the way, I need to see evidence that Jordan Thomas was ever admitted to Northwestern. Yeah. <laughs> after the dumbass decisions that he made consistently after his, I don't know, freshman year. He could be really book smart and then just not quite the same with the street smarts. I think that was him to a T. I mean, see, I don't want to remember Jordan Thomas. Like, that's that's traumatizing. Sam Grant. I mean, I just, I that never works out. Like, that. that's a cool selling point, but I've never seen someone go through a football program and, and, and do one of the hard, you know, earn one of the hardest degrees. It just it's it's almost impossible. Yeah. The whole thing is just strange. The Gallagher thing. Yes. The whole thing's strange. And I it's kind of funny. It's like I know the president is an extremely important part of the university, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I feel like you can't talk about replacing a president or putting out there who who you would like to see as a president without having some kind of like academic arrogance to you. It's like, oh, I mean, some of, you listen to some of these people talk, and it's like, you would have thought this was the biggest story in the history of Oklahoma. It's because it's a it's a world that's insulated unto itself. The university, the academia, higher education, world. academia. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. really, what, I mean, the reason David Bourne was so successful, because he raised a shitload of money. Yeah. Like, and that was why Gallagher wasn't going to work out, is because all the, not all, but I'm, a lot of the donors were... Uh, fighting, there was infighting within the family, the the internal workings of the donors and the university and all. Like, you have to raise money. That's your job as a president. Yeah. That's what you have to do. And to have someone come in and say this is all about balancing the budget, when David Bourne figured it out, uh, running a university is building buildings that people are proud of. That they look at, look at what I built. That's going to be here forever. And these statues and. I mean, and give me money and let's build this and that. And we'll we'll brag about it. And it's just a bunch of people with money that just you got to get it out of them. There was there was a point where I think, you know, I think anybody that has followed Oklahoma would know this, that David Bourne for about 25 years was never told no. And then when he, they finally it was like two ends of the spectrum as far as David Bourne and Jim Gallagher, yep. uh, as far as what they were trying to do and their mission on yeah. campus. Yeah. They needed something and they need something in the middle. I don't know who well, that, at, whoever that's going to be, but uh, I know one thing. The Board of Regents can't screw this up because you can't you can't go over two on hires 
and they're over one right now. I think that yeah, I mean there's some ins and outs of it, but I mean what it comes down to is from the time David Bourne took over to where the you know it is as he leaves, transform the entire campus. Yeah, there's stuff on this campus that you know is it's beautiful. It's it's new. It's refreshed. Oh, well, David Bourne. I think for the most part, everything that not everything, but I would say it was a it was a very successful run as president of the University of Oklahoma. It just you think about like the thing with Bourne is he needed to be told somebody needed yeah. to tell him no at some point. Well, the thing about Bourne was he would build anything he wanted, and the hard part was getting him to spend you know or let athletics use some of that. Yeah, that was the hardest thing about Bourne. Like you were going to get a bunch of money, you're going to get a bunch of stuff, you're going to open a bunch of bonds. But what you know? How much of that's the university, and how much of that's the athletic department? That was that was your concept. But you were getting money. Yeah. Like with Gallagher, the money just wasn't coming in. Like you know, or the you know, he was trying to be too frugal. So it just didn't it, it didn't work. And then you had the stuff going on with the, you know, what do you call that? Uh, sexual. I tried to strong arm some people that probably weren't the best people to try and strong arm. <sighs> Yeah, that pissing match was ugly. Did not help between of, both of them. I kind of enjoyed it, but. <laughs> all right, so, you know, we'll, he's going to stay on. This will all get figured out eventually. I don't know what direction it's headed in, but I think a change needed to be had. And I, I think for the athletic department, I mean, my question is, like, how much longer does, and the, I have, I'm not saying there are any whispers, but like, Yo, Joe Castiglione's now kind of the last man standing. How much longer does he want to do this? And and I had somebody ask me today, like, could he be a candidate to be the next president? Is that something he would want to do? I mean, just pure speculation. Right. He seems to love athletics. I just would But not. he loves the university, I don't know, too. I, I'll be honest. I don't know why anybody would want to be the president of a university right now. With the he's so there, there are more cons than pros as far as being a president. I yeah. have to think, and he's just so revered amongst his peers. I mean, like he's a guy that just almost unilaterally has respect as a AD and just administrator of college athletics. He's been on every committee. He's headed every committee. I mean, he'll mm-hmm. he'll be the CFP chair at some point. But I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, you you never know with things that have changed. I'm sure. You know, Lincoln Riley and all that stuff has got him rejuvenated and Patty Gasso and trying to figure things out. You know, Lon was his baby. You know, he got that here. He, he made that happen. And, uh, man, Lon's, they're out there offering kids left and right right now. They really are. And a lot of it is for 2020, 2021. But, yeah, this this is, this is about the time last year where the offers start to pick up, too. And the evaluation live period has definitely changed with basketball and it's to a detriment to the college uh, coaches, but they're still getting enough time to be able to see these kids and try to make some offers. I, you almost just wish the NCAA would just like go, I'm sorry for this, Eddie. I wish they would just go Dracaris. Like they would just burn it down because you know, lawn's going to be left standing. Like if there's any, if OU has any chance to become a basketball superpower, take down Shashevsky, take down, well, uh, Beeline made a great decision to you know take an NBA job, but burned down Calipari, burned down Kentucky, burned down Kansas. Like they could probably do that if they wanted to. I really have no doubts. 
They never would, though. They won't. They just put it... I mean, they're just putting it on these shoe guys. Like, putting them all in prison. Or if they well, do- yeah, all those shoe guys that are doing the deals with Coach... You know, or with these kids... Obviously, guys like Roy Williams and Shashevsky that are, you know, pillars of their programs, they don't have any idea that's going on. They're completely unaware. So why, why would you <laughs> they, take down that's those That's what they've told programs? us, Josh. They've been telling you know, us this for years. Well, I mean, it, it makes total sense that Zion went to the one school that didn't offer him any money. I mean, everybody else yeah. had their handouts, but Zion said, you know what, I need to learn virtue, and I'm going to go to Coach K and learn. And that's that's what he did. So you know, congrats to a a true pillar of you know humanity, Zion Williamson. Yeah, I, I think he would have been the number one pick no matter where he would have went. He could have gone to Australia, and would have he could have been, been at UCO pick. last year. Yeah, yeah. That so, dude is a freak of nature. But I mean, it is going to be a very important year um, for Lawn and for the Oklahoma, you know basketball program. Davion Harmon, you know, going to be interesting to see exactly how good he he can be as a freshman. Right. And again, it's his mindset. When because Quentin Grimes came last year to Kansas, he's like, "I'm I'm one and done," and then he didn't have that type of talent. Didn't really translate. So with Harmon saying he wants to be one and done, you're kind of worried about that mindset that you already got one foot out the door before you've done anything. Well, and Trey Young was going to be two and done. Exactly, but he but knew then he, he was needed so two. Good, yeah, you'd rather go that way. You rather oh, I'm going to be three and done. Oh wait, it's accelerated because I'm so so good. Instead of thinking you're one and done, and then really you're like three or four, because you weren't what you thought you were. Now there's no, there's no, is there no summer tour for this team this year? I don't, I don't, I don't think I so. I don't believe right? so. No. So what would the like July would be be when they'll start getting to do some practices and stuff? Yeah, and none of it will be open, unfortunately. But yeah, because it's all because because if you had a a summer tour, whatever, you have ten organized practices okay where people could go but yeah this would just be team stuff uh okay so you guys have been out on the recruiting trail uh bob and eddie were over in weatherford josh has been all over the place uh i know you you've been somewhere today josh and you're going to be somewhere the rest of the week you guys are headed to um mcginnis, McGinnis tomorrow is that right yes uh but uh i don't know josh let's start with you kind of uh, the latest with you out on the trail. and well let's just start with noah nelson uh right there uh, eyeballs last night. Uh, he announces that he commits to the Sooners. Tell everybody, Josh, kind of about Noah Nelson, uh, who he is, how how good he is, and and who the Sooners won out over. Well, this is another one of those offensive linemen that came in for uh, the official visit weekend that we talked about a little, a little while earlier, where they went to Gallagher's house. Um, really, it was an offensive line heavy weekend, and you know they had four guys on campus. Two have already committed, and I think they're still in good shape for the other two. I, you know, at least among the top two or three for either one of those guys. So um, Noah Nelson is a massive 6'6", 6'7", 280-pound, 290 kind of guy uh, from the uh, Phoenix area and was an early offer for Oklahoma. They really – I think it came down to OU and Michigan for him. I think everybody pretty much accepts that. And I think, I mean, Bob, and, you know, you can correct me if you feel like I'm wrong, but I think as of two or three weeks ago, it felt like Michigan. I mean, it felt like they had really closed that gap and really, you know, after his visit up there, really fell in love. But after his Oklahoma trip, he and I talked. Some of it was off the record. But, I mean, there was a very clear indication that Oklahoma had made a big move for him and was going to be pretty tough to beat. He wanted to come home, talk about it with his family a little bit, and kind of see where he felt like things were. 
And I kind of thought OU might have missed its window a little bit, but then when those eyes went out and I talked to a few people last night and found out that's who it was, it, it wasn't a huge shock. I mean, like I said, Bill Biedenboe did a great job with him. Um, and now, you know, with him and Nate Anderson, Oklahoma's in really good shape in the tackle class. And now they can kind of, which really was the fundamental need of this class, in my opinion. Now they can go out and really kind of say, you know, we like this guy who could play tackle or guard, or we want this guy that's purely a guard. They can be a little more selective and kind of choose who they want to push on a little bit. Well, I thought I was curious about Nelson. I believe, didn't he have a three-day trip to OU during his spring break? He did. That, he did. That's I, one of the weirdest things. I, yeah, that's one of the weirdest things I've ever heard to stay at the same place three days in a row. That is becoming more and more prevalent. Like, I know Ruben Fathery, the 2021 kid, had a two or th- two. He was there for like 48 hours. I mean, it's, it's less and less of the, okay, I'm here for four hours and then I'm gone for unofficial visits. But I, you're, you're right though. That, that long is pretty, <laughs> pretty unheard of. Uh, and now you guys, uh, Eddie and, and Bob, you've, you've started kind of your state tour. I know you're going to go to McGinnis tomorrow, like you said. Uh, but you were out at uh, Weatherford yesterday, right? Yes, yes, we were. Saw so, uh, 2021 tight end slash defensive end Ethan Downs, and you know his offer list starting to get pretty nice. He had Penn State and L uh, LSU here in this last month. Still waiting on the Sooners, and it, it seems ever since Alex Grinch took over that the contact hasn't been as heavy as it was. Be, uh, before, but Lincoln Riley seems to really like down, so he's he's got him as sort of the head cheer uh, uh, cheerleader f- for him at this point, and he's going to return to Norman. He's going to come back June third. It's not for that the camp on the first or the eighth, but that offensive line, defensive line camp, the first time they're ever doing this in Norman. Downs will come to OU on that day, go straight from Norman to Austin on June fourth. And then they'll make their way eventually to Tuscaloosa and Bama later that weekend. Let me ask you guys, just just in general, just defensively um, for this team. I mean, obviously, Brennan Walker is a guy you guys will see tomorrow uh, that's committed to Oklahoma State. Uh, I think everybody looks at him as as defensive end, right? uh, Outside backer. Or outside backer. Yeah, Yeah. by that rush. Uh, Rush in, basically. Um, But. Just defensively over the last couple of weeks, I mean, what's just been the general, I don't know, feel? Is is there some progress being made or more evaluations that you're noticing kind of going out? Yeah, I mean, you're still seeing a lot of offers. Heck, we just saw one this morning. Was it Louisiana three-star linebacker that I hadn't really had on my radar? And so you see Brian Odom, Grinch, continue to sort of put, put in the work and Try to figure out fit. And when you talk about fit, that's the big thing with Downs in terms of, even though it is the 2021 class, is I don't know if he fits a traditional Alex Grinch defense. And I don't know if he fits the mold if he were to move to offense. When you look at someone like Austin Stogner, and this was something we talked about, Eddie, when we were driving home, you compare Downs to Stogner, there's no comparison. You get why you would go for, for Stogner if you're looking at him on offense so there's still a lot of time for things will be hashed out but you just sort of wonder where where the fit will come in with someone like downs who who, who's on track to be probably the number one prospect in the state for 2021 
And then when you see offers go out to maybe kids you hadn't heard of because Odom and Grinch simply think they're going to fit this defense a lot more. Yeah, and I it's something that we talked about on the way home. Like you said, Bob, was the fact that I think that Ethan Downs, no matter where you see him fitting in at Oklahoma, he's one of those kids that you just have to offer and you have to get onto campus, whether it be not necessarily to block other schools, but I just think that I would rather take a chance on a kid developing as an Oklahoma kid as somebody, uh, or rather than somebody that is from California or New Jersey or wherever. I just think it, I think if that's he's like a value. If, you're saying if like he's like a top course, three yeah. kid, I mean, I think it's different if he's a, you know, top 15 kid as opposed to a top three kid. I think that you just take a chance on him, you get him on the campus and you try and keep somebody around that obviously would want to stay in state. How about how about defensive line? What's I mean, just kind of give a breakdown of what what that position is like, Josh. Well, you know, on the defensive line, I, I think it's it's one of those things where Oklahoma has been uh, again. This has been kind of a uh, basic standard operating procedure under Calvin Thibodeau. They throw out a lot of offers. They're, they're going to go out there, and if we you know if we feel pretty good about a guy and it's continued under Alex Grinch. We're going to offer, and then we'll continue to evaluate. Because I think they know they're not in a position where they get to come in, you know, like Alabama or Clemson or whoever, and offer a guy at any point, and at least on the defensive side of the ball, they don't come in and immediately jump to the front of the line. They know they've got to set up relationships with some of these guys. And I, I think it's been interesting because it's a year where you're not seeing a lot of activity in Texas, but you're seeing a lot of Tennessee uh, Mississippi, Alabama. I mean, a lot of these SEC areas that maybe are not traditionally um, hotbeds for Oklahoma, but I, I think maybe like, again, in some of these situations, you're looking at places where maybe, you know, that kid might have an Alabama offer, but Alabama's probably not going to take his commitment. Or he may have some Clemson attention, but Clemson's not pushing for him right now. So you're seeing some of that. And I don't know honestly of any name that has truly emerged is okay that's a guy that i would say you know almost no doubt he's going to be a part of the list i that's not fair noah renze i have i mentioned him before oh you offered him a couple weeks ago i think oklahoma's in really good shape there i think they've they, they did the groundwork even before the offer then when it went ahead and came along I, I think they're just in a pretty good spot with him so if that's a guy they choose to push for i, I kind of like where they at where I'm not sure about things are inside. Yep. I don't know who that defensive tackle is going to be. I think at defensive end, they've made enough good offers. They've made some really good evaluations, offered some guys that maybe not everybody was in on yet. And I think, like I said earlier, they've, they've built some relationships, and I think they'll get some visits maybe from some guys that maybe fans would be surprised to hear they'll get visits from. But on the inside, I don't know who that guy is yet. Like, I kind of keep thinking, okay, they found this guy. Well, then you'll watch, like, Auburn, Tennessee, Georgia, you know, everybody else kind of come in, and you're like, well, that's tough. It's not that Oklahoma's not a equal or superior program to most of those schools, but they're also more regional to the kids that OU's offering. Like I said, when they're recruiting in the SEC, you have to fight that battle. And so, again, I, I can't pinpoint who that guy is going to be on the inside yet, but I like what they're doing. I mean, they're taking a lot of chances, and they're going to kind of weed through and see where they belong. But I've I really haven't seen that offer where I'm like, ooh, I don't I don't know who what that guy's about. They're good offers. It's just gonna it's they've got to kind of thin the herd 
and then we can start to get a real picture of who their focus is. Well, and you know they lose Tyrese Lott, that was a young, promising guy. Jordan Kelly's had surgery in the off season. Uh, he's probably not going to be uh, playing more than half of the season, if if that next year. Um, numbers wise, how many do they need to pull in? Just interior or uh, three technique guys on the defensive line. Well, you know, and Bob obviously, you know, can weigh in on this too. But for me. When I look at, it, I see a, I probably see one defensive tackle because there's still, there's still some youth there. They're going to lose some guys now. If you know a really high quality player emerges for them, okay, great. You know, like you're not going to pass up on that guy on the defensive line. But I, I would think one, maybe two inside, just kind of situationally dependent. And then a defensive end, I think you're looking at two. And I can't believe I mentioned Arenze and I was talking about SEC area guys. Blaine Toll is another guy that Oklahoma looks to be in good shape for. Oh, Josh corrects himself before yeah, I get a yeah. chance. Uh-oh. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I knew. Waiting. I knew Bob. Like I, Bob has a certain level of silence that when I hear it, I'm like, I forgot something. <laughs> what did ready I forget? to pounce. Exactly. Exactly. So Blaine Toll absolutely is a guy that I think Oklahoma leads for a uh, a guy they like at defensive end out of Arkansas. Arkansas has offered, but from people I've talked to, I don't know how serious Arkansas is about him. This is a guy. Again, this is something that people, you know, I, and I can hear fans like groaning, oh, we want a guy that Arkansas doesn't even want. What Alex Grinch is doing and what he's looking for is not exactly the same as what everyone's looking for. So they can do some things where they can take some guys that maybe aren't huge on the radar. I mean, Arenze's the same kind of deal. He, he's not a, you know, Clemson, Alabama, you know, Georgia offer list. He is. Oklahoma is clearly his best offer from a program, you know, I guess magnitude standpoint. So Oklahoma can kind of get in on those guys, but both of them are very athletic. They close ground. They want to get up field and attack, and that fits what Alex Grinch is looking for. So, again, I and I keep telling this to people on the board, and I hope people on the podcast are listening too. Don't just look at the stars. You've got to look at the type of player, and I think Oklahoma has a really clear idea of what they want, and they're doing a good job finding and targeting those guys. Josh, there, are, there are people that not, are not smart enough to do that, Josh. I think we all know better. I mean, you know, I, I but I have to issue the warning, Eddie. Like, I have to, mm-hmm. like, maybe every time I say it, if it's I It's like when a waitress one, brings a plate to you and <laughs> says it's hot, the first thing you do is touch it. That's uh, I yeah. love that. I do it. Yep. Don't look down. I'm going to look down. You know, Josh, Unless you can just really feel the steam coming off of it, then you know, like, I okay. still do it. <laughs> All right, Bob. Well, let's hear it. What did I mess up on? No, no but we're, we're, we're talking about tackles. By the right. way, you stole mm-hmm. us sure. from, you, you stole us that moment that we, we could have had, Josh, where Bob could have said, well, if you care. Well, if you, well, if you care, care Josh, Blaine Tall you, looks like OU's in a pretty good yeah. spot. No. You, you forgot probably their best bet on the defensive line. You no, forgot him, Josh, if when, you care. When you're talking tackles, they're going to lose so much after 2019, Gallimore, mm-hmm. Overton, Dillon. And, and then we haven't heard anything about Zach McKinney, Troy uh, Troy James. Well, let's say we haven't heard anything good. Okay, we haven't heard anything good. Don't Promising. they have to go junior college route for one of those guys? I think they do. And, you know, it, for a while there, I kind of thought, okay, Perrion Winfrey could be that guy, the uh, defensive tackle they've offered out of Iowa Western. Kind of long, athletic guy, not, you know, that. and that's another thing. Like, when I, when I talk to different people, I get the impression that the days of, like, let's say a Casey Walker, those don't exist anymore. 
Oklahoma wants long, lean, you know, Tyrese Lot looking guys. I mean, Neville Gallimore, not from a talent standpoint, but from his skill set and the way he's put together and the way he plays. I'm not sure he's a guy that Oklahoma would heavily pursue in this era. They want guys, like I said, that are going to push the pocket from the inside, going to attack gaps. They they don't want a guy that's just going to sit there and eat up blocks. Now, Neville has more than that to his game, but like I said, he'd be kind of in that gray area for me uh, if I'm guessing at what Oklahoma wants to identify. And I like, so that just to kind of give people perspective. But yeah, so I mean, you're the defensive tackles Oklahoma's going to look at are not six foot one and three twenty five. They're going to look at guys that are six three, six four, two ninety five, three oh five. I mean, you're talking about good athletes that just happen to have the strength and kind of base to play inside. So, and, and I realize, you know, people are like, well, that those aren't easy to find. Of course, they're not easy to find. They're not easy to find at any shape. But that's kind of what Oklahoma's looking at. But I agree, Bob. Like. I, I, and that's kind of what I'm saying. I think if there is a second one, I think it, the secondary choice might have to be the high school guy. The Juco guy might be the mandatory. Right. And that's what's interesting is because they haven't made a lot of JC D tackle offers, but that's, you know, that's not unusual because that's usually how OU operates. They kind of wait until summer, early football season, then you start seeing those go out. But, you know, with it kind of looking like a need, it does make you wonder if maybe you'll see a little more of a sped-up timeline. To me, that is the interesting part, because, I mean, that's that's the part. I mean, as much as the secondary needs to be fixed and the safety position needs to be fixed, the the defensive line is the thing that's going to make or break Alex Grinch's first year and first couple of years. Because, like, he's got the bodies he can use this year, uh, as you mentioned, but all those guys are, you know, except for Ronnie Perkins and... Uh, who knows what's going to happen with Jalen Redmond? But outside of that, yeah, I mean, year two, you know, two years from now, you could really be struggling if if you don't have a, you know, if you don't bring in some JUCOs right now. Yeah, well, I you mean, know, someone like Ron Tatum doesn't pan out. Tyrus Lot, a Derek Green. I mean, that's three guys where you oh. weren't you weren't planning on needing to fill up those scholarships as quickly as you're going to have to. You're going to have to find some sort of hit within this class or next one at the latest. Now, I will contend that Derek Green is a case of possible addition by subtraction. Sure. Um, I think they can find a better player than him. He He's one of the few takes of the last two years that I was like, or three years when Oklahoma's been on this nice run where I was like, ooh, I don't, I don't know how that one makes sense. But... Um, you know, just by and large, though, you're right, Bob. And you know what's funny to think about is that defensive line class, and this is this is no shot at Oklahoma. These are things that are just kind of beyond their control. That defensive line class that we were so excited about a couple of years ago, Ronnie Perkins, Jalen Redmond, Michael Thompson, and Ron Tatum. I mean, that that's, you know, what, three Army All-Americans in that group? I mean, and, and Jalen Redmond, I think we could argue, could be the best of the four. And he was the one that was kind of, you know, more lowly ranked and more less well known. There's a possibility Oklahoma is going to get a contribution from one of those guys on the defensive line. That's the equivalent. That's crazy. That's the, that's the equivalent of the Trey Matwire, uh, uh, who was all in that receiving class. Um, oh, Trey, Derek Woods. Uh, Derek, Derek Woods. Woods. <laughs> well, we were just talking about him the other day. Um, uh, who was the third? Uh, oh, uh, Courtney Gardner was in that class. Yep. It's too bad Josh Jar- Josh Jarbo wasn't with that group. That could have been like an all uh, Cleveland County municipal team. 
Oh, um, what's his name? I see. I'm just I'm old man now. What's his name from St. Louis? Um, well, there's Neil and Shepard. Are you talking about Duran? Yeah, Duran yeah. Neil. But I mean, those two. Were, he never got arrested yeah. though. Yeah, Neil. Duran Neil is actually was, a human, a good human. Yeah, he is. And Duran was a solid college player. He yeah. wasn't, yeah. you know, he wasn't bad. He, he, you know, but he he didn't. But he was live the, up to maybe he was what the one guy that kind of panned out though. I mean, other than you know Sterling's on his own, but yeah, since they didn't want him, still strong eval. <laughs> oh boy, um, I mean, it's almost like you know why bother talking about offensive recruiting? You just know you're going to get a bunch of four and five stars. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, and to kind of go back a little bit, um, you know, you were kind of talking about what are the kind of stories. For me right now, and and we mentioned it earlier, uh, Oklahoma making an offer at linebacker in Louisiana, you're seeing a lot of linebacker activity right now, both with well, offers. Um, you know, I, I think Oklahoma, and I, I've hinted at it here, and I, I know I've talked about it a lot on the board. I think Oklahoma's made a really strong move with Brendan Walker, the Oklahoma State commitment from McGinnis. Um uh, the guys are Eddie and Bob are going to see him tomorrow. I'm going to see him next week. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll all have a chance to talk with him, but just from some of the communication I've had, um, with people around him, somewhat with him, I, I just, I, I think Alex Grinch and Brian Odom, since that offer was made about a, that's, was that, that's about a month ago now. Cause I know it was, I was on my way to Atlanta for the Atlanta rivals camp when that offer actually happened. But, um, he, he really has gotten the full court press from those two. And I think they've really impressed him with how he would fit into what they want to do defensively. So I, I would keep an eye on that. I, I, I don't, you know, I've seen some people talking about, you know, this could run on for a long time. That's not my impression, whether it's Oklahoma state or Oklahoma, I think it ends fairly soon. And if I was going to bet right now, I'd bet on Oklahoma. So, I mean, it, it, it's going to be, just something to keep an eye on. And then the other guy we haven't talked about at all is Antonio Doyle, who came in this weekend as well uh, from St. Louis as a guy that I thought Oklahoma had kind of fallen off with. He's a Rivals 250 linebacker, same high school as Ronnie Perkins. And Oklahoma blew him away on the visit. I mean, he, he came out, told me, you know, on the record, everything, that if he decided today, it would be Oklahoma. And this is, uh, you know, a big-time guy, really athletic, really fits – what I've talked about for a while that I believe Oklahoma wants to do. I mean, he's that 6'3", 6'4", 220-pound guy that can run all over the field, very physical when he gets there. I mean, this isn't a you know, a guy that's a converted safety playing linebacker. He likes playing linebacker. He likes being in the trenches. So he's he is a good fit for the mentality that I think Alex Grinch wants to set with that defense. So he's a guy I'd keep an eye on. A&M is looming. There, there's been a lot of talk that – even after the OU visit A&M was on top, that's, you know, maybe that's the case, but that is definitely not what he told me. So we'll, we'll see. Oklahoma still has the official visit with him that they can set up probably sometime this summer. I think he wants to be done before his season starts. So you, you'll see that work itself out over the course of the summer, in my opinion. You said they OU blew him away. I wonder what her name was. Oh, but dump bump. <laughs> That was low hanging fruit. Eddie, it's been, it's been way too much serious recruiting discussion. <laughs> way too much. Eddie's here. like, when are we getting to the dick jokes? There are I no mean, dick jokes. Well, look, I want to say one thing. And this is, to me, this is kind of following, you know, not following it closely like I used to, but Josh, you know this following Oklahoma, uh, especially kind of in the beginning years. 
uh, when Bob Stoops took over. Like, it was, it took time for their staff to build up credibility uh, in terms of with rankings and, and you know, uh, media coverage and stuff like like. Eventually, it became like, oh, well, if Brent Venables offered this guy, he must be pretty good. Like, we need to take another look at him. It's just like, you know, stuff like Teddy Lehman would happen, where he'd come in and run a 4-3 uh, at camp and get an offer and then commit, and everybody's like, oh, well, oh, Nebraska wanted this guy, too. He, you know, we, we overlooked Like, all these, they're in that position now, and everybody's going to say, you mentioned this earlier, people get upset because he's not, you know, he doesn't have the right ranking, or he's not rated high enough, mm-hmm. or he doesn't have the stars. Like... I think you should be happy about that because to me, this proves that Oklahoma Oklahoma has a finally has a system defensively that they're recruiting to. They're looking for a skill set more than they're looking for just an all around athlete. And I think that's what the problem. The staff got so disjointed. The defensive staff uh, when Mike Stoops was there and they were bringing in different guys. There was there was no continuity to that staff, and there was no continuity to what they were trying to do. There was no plan recruiting. They were just out there. Oh well, this guy can cover. Uh, this guy can this guy can run around. Uh, this is a big guy, and he's strong. He's strong. And he's powerful. They were switching systems so so often. I mean, like Caleb Kelly's a perfect example. They didn't recruit him to a system. They just knew they had to have that five star, and they'd figure it out. Uh, this is a staff. Now that says this is a system, this is what we're recruiting to. It's not going to fit the mold of what you know Alabama is doing uh, or Clemson is doing in terms of all these super high ranked kids. But the guys that they're getting are guys that are going to be help. They're not going to be getting four stars that don't really work in their system. And you're not seeing Oklahoma be, you know. Basically, when a lot of times on Twitter, I'll see a kid, okay, he's picked up Oklahoma State. Okay, he's picked up TCU. He's picked up, you know, there's almost a natural evolution. You're like, okay, he's moving into the Oklahoma range. I'm going to go ahead and follow him and just start the kind of lines of communication. We're going to talk a little bit. And then sooner or later, you hear, you know, okay, oh, the OU offer came in. You're not seeing that as much. You're seeing OU offer a guy that, at that point, not a lot of people are talking about. And then as time goes on, oh, that dude just picked up Michigan State. Oh, that dude picked up Nebraska. Okay, Ohio State just offered that guy. You start, so you're seeing Oklahoma make evaluations and not being afraid to pull the trigger just because a guy isn't well known yet. They're offering based on what they see, what their eyes tell them. And if other people get involved, great. If not, then hey, even better because we can cakewalk to a guy we really like. So, Oklahoma, like I said, and, and another thing that I think has been really good, and I'll try to keep this short because I know I'm just I'm running on like crazy in this little segment, but another thing I really like is, like I just mentioned with Brendan Walker, I used to see Oklahoma defensively, they would make an offer, I'm like, that's a good offer, that you know that makes sense, that that's a good idea for them, and then I'd talk to the kid, and they're like, yeah, I haven't really talked to him since they offered. Like, you would get that on the defensive side, like you used to get it on the offensive side, uh, you know, in the hypo kind of era. Now, and I'm not saying all the time, but you would get it a lot more frequently than on the offensive side of the ball, where I never came across a kid that was like, yeah, I haven't heard from them in a while. And, you know, knowing it was a kid that was of OU's level that they should be talking to. Like I said, with Brendan Walker, I was like, well, what's it been like since they offered you? Man, I, I talk to Grinch and Odom a lot. Those guys are on me. They're talking to me. You know, once they make their mind up to offer you, they're in. They're going to push and they're going to work. And there's undoubtedly a hierarchy to it. I mean, they've got certain guys that are working harder than other guys, and that's fine. 
but there's no just dead communication. And that's that's what you have to do because in that hierarchy, you're not always going to get your plan A guys, especially on defense right now. So you've got to keep those connections to those lower guys so that when their time comes and it's time to push for them, you're not just out of nowhere. Oh, hey, yeah, coach, I kind of remember you from Oklahoma. Um, outside of that, I mean, just in terms of what you're kind of paying attention to, uh, like you guys going to see Brennan Walker tomorrow, what's kind of on the horizon for you guys and just hitting the road and seeing people? Just seeing if any of those kids in in-state 2021 start making a move, start feeling more and more like they're off, they're going to be OU offer kids. It feels like in the 2020, it's Andrew Rame at Broken Arrow and it's Walker at McGinnis. I don't know if there's going to be another OU offer from the in-state 2020 class. So maybe the 2021. And we know there's one in 2020, uh, 2022 with Gentry Williams. Booker T, but to see if any of those guys have progressed so much from the end of their last season to where they are now that they're going to force the Sooners to look their uh, their way. Let me ask you, Josh, you mentioned uh, you know when OU is in, they're all in. What's kind of the feedback you're getting on Alex Grinch as a recruiter right now? Because really, this is the first chance he's had to just, the last, you know, last month and a half, it's really the first time he's been able to just go full bore on recruiting. You know, the thing that I get from all the people and you guys, you know, watching his interviews, I, it's one of the first words that would very direct. That That's what everybody <laughs> talks like. He says exactly what he means. He's going to tell you, this is where I see you fitting. This is what I think you can do for us. This is why I think you work in our system. And, you know, there's not a lot of fluff from everything I, everybody I've talked to. But it's one of those things where he... he I think, you know, again, you guys can speak to this better than I can because you've been around him, but I think if he tried to be that guy, the, hey, buddy, you know, like, I don't think he pulls that off. No, and I think kids no, recognize. He's a, yeah, he's, he's a like, genuine guy. That's, he's very, he's very direct. He's, he, he's, you know, he's just who he is. But yeah, he, he would not, he's not a used car salesman. That's yeah, not his like, personality. And, no offense. And kids are salesman. really good at smelling out that kind of bullshit. And I, they would smell it on him if he tried to be, something he wasn't so i like i said i think he just lays the facts out for him and really does a good job explaining this is why it's going to be different you know we're, we're this is a we're we're making a culture change we're getting out any of the issues we've had whether it's you know personnel whether it's mindset whatever it is we are going to fix this problem and I think kids, like I said, I mean, you know, we've talked about how weird that is for OU with all the success they've had to be able to offer that kind of recruiting pitch, but they can. And I think kids love the idea of being, man, guys, look at our offense. If you can come here and help us just a little bit, if we can just be a little better on defense, you can win national championships here and you're going to be heroes forever because you came here and just pushed us that little bit higher that we needed to go on defense to you know to make it all work and then from there you know we get to sell okay well now we get to be draft picks because everybody knows who you are and all you know you it it grows and kind of it, it stacks on top of each other and so that's that's been what i've gotten is that he is just a very honest and very clear in kind of his vision and kids buy into that i mean because it's like i said it's something where he doesn't waver he doesn't have any doubt that it's going to work and they love that, and obviously, 
you also have the benefit of he's wearing Oklahoma on his shirt. I mean, kids like that to begin with. He calls it the one percent one percenters. They're the one yeah. percenters of college football. Do you think yeah. it's a question for everybody? Do you think defensive guys are more concerned with what a school does for them draft wise than offensive guys? I do. Like a defensive player, do you think that they pick schools based on the fact that they produce NFL talent more more so than offensive guys who just kind of know or who might just kind of know, look, if I go to a school and I ball out, then I'm I'm going to get drafted. I, I think so, because a defensive guy, what other gauges do you really have? I mean, like, you know, there's no there's no Heisman trophy for a defensive lineman. And I mean, sure, I, I'm sure a defensive lineman somewhere out there cares about winning the Outland or Lombardi, but I've rarely ever heard that come up in all the hundreds of interviews I've done with the defensive lineman. They don't, that's not how they think. They want to go to the draft. They want to have success because that's their litmus test. That's when they know, okay, I've made it. I've done something great here. On the offensive side of the ball, you know, oh man, may, maybe I'm 5'11 at wide receiver. Maybe I'm not going to be a first round draft pick. But I can go to Oklahoma and catch 100 balls a year and be a star, and I'll still make it in the NFL draft. And I also get to, you know, play in the funnest offense in college football. I mean, so there's other ways for an offensive guy to gauge his success. For me, on the defensive side of the ball, it's pretty much unanimously were you drafted, how high were you drafted, and, you know, is the school you're going to go to, do they have a history of pushing guys in that direction? And that had to be tough for the Sooners when you're bragging about their draft and then you have zero on defense. And it's it's why they need Neville to have a really big year. They need someone. And even mm-hmm. when they get people on defense, it's usually not until the third or fourth round. And it's just hasn't been something they've been able to brag about when you know they're so good at capitalizing on what sets their brand apart. When it comes defense in the draft, that hasn't been something they've been able to really tout here lately. It makes it makes perfect sense though, as far as why a kid would want to go and play defense, even if it was at a Mississippi State or a yeah. Kentucky or wherever in the, in the SEC, SEC. Yeah, because they're developing guys right now on the defense side of the ball. Can you imagine what Oklahoma's current um, social media team would have done with Gerald McCoy if they had like a Gerald McCoy this year that went top three? <laughs> Like, I don't even think they would have mentioned Kyler. Like, Kyler would have been the afterthought. They'd have just been like, Gerald McCoy all day, every day, just to put that defense out in front of everyone. By the way, you mentioned this earlier. They can afford to have kind of like the the laid-back Alex Grinch because Roy Manning can make up for all of that stuff. He's just insane. He, like, literally is a cup of coffee. Like, he, he just walks out of like bed with pure energy that dude i don't know he's connected to a car battery or something uh yeah look i mean and offensively you know i do think it matters i mean but i think the production matters it's just like why can't texas i mean texas they're not exactly you know having quarterbacks beat down their door i mean they'll get a good quarterback here and there but just they're they're not in the same position that oklahoma is or you know, I mean, there are other schools like USC has just put a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL. None of them have really done great, um, but they have that history, and it's it's kind of repeatable. What's scary for Oklahoma is that Baker looks to be the first guy that's going to be a legit success in the NFL, and maybe Kyler follows suit. 
what what are, where does their quarterback recruiting go from there? I mean, you know, like if both of Sam, them are starring in the NFL, yeah. Like mm-hmm. I mean, like Oklahoma's had high draft picks. I mean, obviously Sam was a was a you know number one overall Heisman Trophy winner, all that stuff. But they couldn't really sell the NFL success because you know for all the things that just went wrong for Sam. But if Kyler and Baker can reach that level, I mean. Like I said, I don't know how much higher you can go than the number one quarterback in the country, but it's almost like quarterbacks should just be throwing themselves at Lincoln Riley. I mean, it's going to be – it might be a little ugly. To that point, does that make it a little more curious what's going on with the 2020 spot? Are we still just holding out for Bryce Young, you think? I I mean, this is – I hate it for people. I hate that that coach gets fired. That I don't have an answer. It's I, weird. It's really weird. People out there that are getting alarmed don't. Right. Lincoln Riley, like, there's something up his sleeve, and I don't know what it is. Like, I, I, I wish I could tell you that, like, because there's a lot of times where I'm like, guys, I, I can't say anything, but just be cool. I don't know what it is. I'm not even going to pretend that I do. I do not know what the plan is at quarterback, but anybody thinking that there's not a plan is just ridiculous like that that's not gonna happen there's gonna be a quarterback whether you know they feel good that somebody's gonna end up in the transfer portal or whether you know they <laughs> I mean, have a recruit the that they it's like worked. i mean it's a smorgasbord <laughs> yeah, you can worked. do whatever you want like if you don't get the guys that you need you can hell i'm, I'm sure lincoln riley through intermediary channels can get somebody to, to transfer if he wanted to i mean yeah i mean some like that that's i mean i don't know where it's gonna come from but to I don't me, know, there's Josh, just I no heard, question. I heard Muleshoe's got a pretty good eighth grader quarterback. Hey, you know, I mean, let's see. A&M offered their second eighth grader in the last two years just a couple days ago. Can you so, imagine I mean, if Lincoln Riley offered a quarterback a scholarship from Muleshoe and everybody would be like, he's just doing it because he's from Muleshoe. He doesn't deserve the scholarship. I don't – if. if if people are questioning Lincoln Riley out there, I, I don't think that they're allowed to talk college football anymore. <laughs> and then the other wrinkle Eddie, to, two weeks ago. to this oh. is, is that, of course, Riley can't be on the road. Yeah. So we don't have a clue of what he's like. Think you don't know where. Yeah, that's a strange deal. You, know, yeah. you can't visit. You can't look at any quarterback prospect. You can't evaluate during yeah. their spring practices. He could only go like during the winter when nothing was going on. Yeah, I bet he it, would love to change that rule. Two, two weeks ago, people were doubt, doubting Bill Biedenboe. Oh, I know. Like, what was going to happen on the <laughs> offensive line? I don't know. He I mean, goes like, against I, two, two fifty kids in eight days. Yeah, I, you know, I mean, he, he's got his tackles set up for this class in, you know, May, but everybody was losing their mind. So, right, right, right. you know, I, I, I don't and that And that's even forgetting that, you know, the best prospect in the state is an offensive lineman that I know some people tell me is – one of the top two or three offensive linemen in the whole country. So that Oklahoma, in my mind, absolutely leads for. So, you know, people I mean, just, if you want to. Like, like Harry said earlier, calm down the offensive side of the ball. It's all going to work out. There's not like this. That offense is a well-oiled machine. It's going to be fine. I mean, look, OU is not OSU, but my God, their fan base. If this Brennan Walker thing happens, I mean, after what's happened with Andrew Rame and then just getting cut out of his recruitment being a commitment to just not even being in the top five. And then there's already enough heat around Gundy. My God. I guess you I, have to care I, about... I, I t- Josh, I told, I told you guys in the group uh, chat the other day, TCU's doing exactly what Oklahoma State should be doing in-state. All three of those guys that TCU took from Oklahoma, 
should be on Oklahoma State's commitment list. Dominic Richardson's a great player. Eli Williams is a freaky athlete. Blake Knoll, same deal. I don't know exactly where Blake... Blake Knoll has some Mark Andrews to him. Like, he could turn into a tight end. He could stay as a receiver. But I don't really care which it is. Those three are all... Like, almost any other year, Dominic Richardson's an Oklahoma offer. Um... You could make a case for, you know, Williams just because he is such a unique athlete at about 6'4 and 225 and can really run. Like, you can usually find a spot for those kind of guys. Mm -hmm. Blake Knoll, I know, you know, talking to people, Oklahoma liked him. So, I mean, those, I I don't know what Oklahoma State's doing in state. It's like they think if Oklahoma's not involved, we shouldn't be either. Newsflash, Oklahoma State, you don't recruit on OU's level. You just don't. So they need to go get those guys that can help them, especially guys like Williams and Noel who are projection guys. I mean, that are, you know, okay, they could turn into a lot more than who they are right now. And, again, with Richardson, you're just getting an incredibly steady back. So, to me, if Oklahoma State were to strike out on Morrison and Richardson in state, that's that's embarrassing. That, that just shouldn't happen. Let me ask you this. If it had been a year ago and – Grinch and Odom had been in place. Do you think they would have offered some Oklahoma kids in last year's class, like Trace Ford, maybe that they didn't? Ford is, Ford is, it's kind of like Walker. I, I think it would have kind of depended on what the rest of the group looked like because he's like six one, you know, six one and a half, you know, and, and Walker's probably just a little bit bigger, but not much. But Ford, I, Ford play for me. Like, I was a huge fan of him. Great first step, natural pass rusher. I mean, you could do a lot worse. And, I, you know, we've talked a lot about how different I think if, if this would have happened two years ago, Oklahoma's personnel on defense would look very, very different than what's going to be out there this year. Especially in the secondary. Oh, wow. You know, you'd go from having a bunch of, I don't know, I'm trying to think of something like small and quick against a bunch of long rangey like giraffes running around out there. I don't, I don't know what you'd call it. All right. Um, I really, I, I really do appreciate everybody who uh, continues to uh, hit up the ratings and reviews on iTunes and fight the miserables. Uh, so we've had a lot of a uh, lot of really quality reviews lately. Not even, not even. Um, sometimes we get the. Um, the the reviews that try and pit us against each other we haven't even been getting those lately so that's that's been kind of cool josh do you like the podcast do you go and look at ratings and reviews like every couple of days i really like you listen don't. back to the podcast i do always listen i actually did i listen last week i can't remember it, it's been a little chaotic in in my world these days but um i think I don't usually go look at the ratings and reviews. Like I do, what, as soon as we start talking about, it, I'm like, oh yeah, I'd like to go check that out. So I'll end up looking at them while you're reading them, and you know, find any ones that I think are funny or whatever. But I don't usually get into that because, God, I live on the message board. I I hear the reviews of me and my work <laughs> all the time. I don't need to read more of that. Now, getting to listen to my silky sounds, there, there's no doubt I enjoy that. So, um, and I I literally have had. Two different people that I know personally that hear the pod and they're like, 
you don't sound like an asshole anymore, man. You sound good. And I'm like, thanks. I don't know what that says about me previously, but cool now, I guess. So, yeah. Uh, one guy signed up just with the username Swear in Front of Your Kids. And the title of his review was Swear in Front of Your Kids. <laughs> Hands down, the most informative Sooners-related podcast. The banter is good and humorous. They do curse, but no more so than I do. Swear in front of your kids, people. Sure. Shaping the minds. Bob, what will your wife do if you swear? Well, you'll never swear in front of the kids. You won't even swear in front of us. Post-pod last week, I'm pretty sure I heard yeah. Bob say a cuss. He didn't say it on air, but he said it to us. And it was pretty, I, I've known Bob for about a decade, and I think that's the first time I've ever heard him cuss. I just hide it well, man, because I, I swear a lot. <laughs> Just not in this, not just not in this setting. <laughs> so Bob just doesn't let us see the real him. Is what he, he doesn't trust us guys. Is what he, he doesn't. He He's a phony. Going, is what, what yeah. we're phony. Fake Bob. So stop all your reviews that love Bob. You're getting fake Bob. You love fake Bob. Is what you love. Uh, I don't care. This is from the gamest Boomer Sooner. I don't care what anybody says about Bob and Eddie. What do they say about Bob and Eddie? <laughs> Because y'all are a benefit to Sooner Nation. Anybody who thinks different really should consider having their head examined. The pod is great, and there's no need to change anything, four-letter language included. It's a college football podcast, not Sunday school lesson. Keep up the good work, recruiting, news, long as That should be on news. a t-shirt. It's, it's a football <laughs> podcast, not a Sunday school lesson. You like that one? I like one? that. That's pretty good. The plans are still coming together for the t-shirt business. So, they're out there. Maybe soon. Uh, something I just noticed here, guys. The unofficial 40 is currently at 147 episodes. So, this will make 148. We've got two more. So, what are we going to do in two weeks for our 150th episode? Hmm. I don't know. Not bleep I mean, out Eddie's cussing? Ooh. Oh, just let the F-bombs fly. We've only had one today. Did we? Yeah. Toward the beginning. Okay. I had some I had some S words in there, but no F's for me. Not, nothing yet. Every once in a while about. you do. Yeah, you guys are. Everybody's out on the road. Everybody's yeah. just kind of chill. I'm not gonna swear, kids. It's uh, oh. it's all recruiting pretty much. All, it's hard to it's hard to throw in F bombs when you talk in recruiting. Exactly. Hardcore. The the F bomb thing right now for me is the the top. 17 list or top 23s those can get f-bombs for me probably not during the pod but at home believe me i'm cussing with the rest of you because that that's shit's madness if you it, have tweeted before this is your big announcement. i got a big announcement coming and it's a top 15 later in the day that's not a big announcement that'll if make you, you cuss is that what you're saying <laughs> if you can't officially visit all the schools on your top list i don't care about your top list <laughs> If it's more than five, I do not care. Like, I have kids, like, tag me in it, and then, like, I won't do anything, and so they'll DM me, like, the link. And I'm like, D I still don't care. <laughs> like, I'll be like, I'm, I mean, like, I'll say, like, hey, that's cool, man. But, like, I mean, I don't want to be a dick to them, because, I, you know, I understand they're genuinely excited. But, man, I, I'm not going to go through the machinations of your 27 top list that at the end of every single one of them says, no order and my list could totally change. I'm still open the new to any school out there. <laughs> don't, yes, don't you like worry. Still, well, like, and they'll be like, I have offers from Alabama, Clemson, Oklahoma, Georgia, USC. And they're like, but I'm still open to everybody. Who else are you looking like? I mean, you, you just got the college football playoff in your offer list. Like, just chill and pick. 
I actually uh, did retweet Ryan Watts the other day because he did the throwback. Let's see if we can get me to 4,000 followers. Like, I hadn't I seen that, that in years. I saw that. Like, I'd say maybe Joe Mixon was the last person that regularly made those requests. It's been happening a lot during the last month or so. I, uh, the followers thing. You know, and one of the things I get a lot from kids, how'd you get that blue check mark, man? They want to know about that blue check mark. And I'm like, do kids still care? Like, I remember about five years ago, when it was like a big deal. I was excited when I got my blue check mark. And now I'm like, I forget it's there. I don't even, like, I have to, oh, yeah, yeah, that's there. I don't have one and I don't care. The only time it helps is when you're looking for Woj. Try yeah, to make sure Schefter and Woj, you got to make sure you're not, you're not getting fooled. Yes. Mm. Well, Bob is it's fired up. It's been a while up. since one of us got bad. Bob is fired up. His uh, mm-hmm. his bulls are going for draft lottery high night. Draft lottery yes. tonight. This is one of What's the only nights. Is there ceiling six? I think that's right. Because I think most of the teams can only go to six. Is anybody really excited outside of the top three? Like I feel like teams would get better with those three players, and then everybody else. Well, it's the Suns, the Suns, uh, the Knicks, and the Cavs are supposed to. Uh, Statistically, those are the top three in contention. Yeah. So if somebody sneaks in besides those three, somebody got hosed. Of course, it's top only top two or anybody cares about Zion and Ja Morant. I think Barrett's pretty good. I think Barrett's yeah. in there. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, like he'd be clear three for me. You know, and this is from a guy that probably watched. I don't know, a collective two hours of college basketball this year. <laughs> so I mean, I really have my finger on the pulse of this, but I mean. Morant and Williamson just look head and shoulders above everybody else. I don't even know if I'm going to watch the Western Conference Finals tonight. I, I would this morning. Basketball can't get over sooner. Not, yeah. not unless it's close in the fourth fourth quarter. We're I mean, just, I'll have it on just because there's nothing the, else on. Yeah, but. we're going through the motions. There's nothing else in sports going on. I don't want to watch Toronto win the NBA Finals. Milwaukee uh, does guys, nothing for me. Yeah. Uh, the East are you guys is just that boring. way with all sports, though? Like, once your team is out of it, you just it's hard to stay interested anymore? No. No. When, I'm not in the Western. Like, I'm in for the Western Conference. I mean, I, I, my rooting interest tonight and for these first two games is to see Golden State win without Kevin Durant and then for him not to come back in the series and then to get to the finals without him. When Parkey double-doinked it, I, I was still able to watch the playoffs. <laughs> Oh, I, I guess if we're talking basketball, Bob should have stopped watching basketball like in November. Exactly. So, yeah, I mean. That's kind of like, you know, with me and the Royals. We had a couple of good years there. Now I'm just kind of like. And it's gone. Yeah. They've gotten really bad. <laughs> yeah. Like they've gotten. Well, they traded away all their pitching. I know. It's just yeah. insane how quickly that they had the, fell apart. They had the best relief pitching in baseball. For two years, except for the Giants. I mean, they were, and then, God, they had everything. And now they're just well, at least a they, minor league team. At least Alex Gordon got paid. At least Alex Gordon got his money. Been big That's money. it. <laughs> and then every, and then Lorenzo Cain got paid somewhere else. And Milwaukee. What's his name? Went to San Diego. I can't remember his name now. Eric Hosmer. Eric Hosmer. Yeah, I I think that was a pretty good cut. Time. I didn't so mind. I, I didn't. Osmer Eric Eric Hosmer was not worth that much money. I mean, and yeah. I in and uh, what's his name? Third baseman. Oh, Mustakis. Yeah, Mike Mustakis. He's good, but he's. I don't want to pay him a hundred million. 
No. That's, I mean, like, that's the amazing thing. Like, the Royals were just good collectively, but when yeah. you break down the parts, you're not like, oh my God, they, you know, like the bullpen was incredible. They had a, but, they had a very clutch offense and mm-hmm. they had amazing pitching. Yep. Which is kind of what, you know, when you watch the Giants, like, they were the, they were the same kind of team. Yeah. That was Bruce Bochy's team for like a decade. Final year. Hunter Pence was a hell of a clutch player. Oh my God! Hunter Pence is still a really good baseball. He's hitting like three twenty something for the Rangers. He's got the right worst now. swing I've ever seen, and you cannot get him out. <laughs> I have a great story. So years ago, uh, when Tiffany was still in school down here in Houston, we were going to a game, and I am trying to explain to like Tiffany's parents aren't really sports fans. Like they like to go to games, but they don't really like her dad. He's really big into like sailing and cars and that kind of stuff. So. Like, he knows sports, but he doesn't really watch them. He doesn't pay attention. And her mom, you know, is the same way. And Tiffany, you know, we've talked about it. Sports is just, you know, it's on because I'm around, but she doesn't really care about it. So I'm, we're walking into Minute Maid, and we're, I'm trying to explain to them how bad the Astros are. Well, I look up, and the big, like, hanging sign, you know, where, I don't know, the, the Angels would have Mike Trout or whatever. The Astros have Hunter friggin' Pence. And I'm like, guys, anybody that Hunter Pence is who their franchise is built around is screwed. They're terrible. He gets traded later that year to the Phillies. He wins the damn World Series, has a great World Series. And I'm like, yeah, remember remember all that shit I said about Hunter? Like, pretty much since then, all Hunter Pence has done is win World Series and be a really good baseball player. Two-time World so, Series champion and a three-time yeah. All-Star. Yeah, yeah. So, like, and to their credit, again, they don't care about sports. So they never brought it up, but I was like, so guys, full disclosure here, all my ripping on Hunter Pence, he's, he's actually had a really nice career, and I, I was wrong about that. He so. also does a segment every week on the ticket uh, um, reviewing Game of Thrones that week, which is pretty Oh, does cool. he? Yeah. <laughs> Eddie, do you, hey, Eddie, do you need to do your Game of Thrones review, or are you feeling good about it? I just can't believe they killed Jon Snow off like that. <laughs> it's the same thing we've said every week because me and Eddie have not seen an episode. <laughs> oh, I figured, Bob, you were all in on, on God, Game of Thrones. Yeah, I Bob. figured that'd be right up your alley. I mean, I, I, mean, I hate to you know, stereotype, Bob, but I would think you, know, you, you, you strike me as a Game of Thrones kind of guy. So I had to cut the cord of HBO, and so I haven't been able Kerry, are we not paying him enough to afford poor, HBO? Poor, Is that poor, what's happening? Poor, 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 I thought we don't were, care. But, you know. I don't care that I'm missing out on it. It's a little disappointing. Oh. Bob, that really is. comes on Netflix or something later, like three, four years from now. Sure. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. That's... But I'm envious of Bob because he'll get to watch it beginning to end at his leisure and not have to wait through these horrible summers and winters waiting for it to come back. Well, it was two years almost before this one. So Yes, that, that, was, that was hard. It is strange because Jon Snow looks like a little baby in the early episodes compared to where he is now. Well, I mean, tell you what's weird is we've seen Arya get down. And yeah, I know. That's disturbing. And she, and she really was a little kid, so that's creepy and weird. Sansa got all, you know, raped a bunch and stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very troubling. All right. Um, that's a so way to end watch the pod. Game of Thrones. What a way to close this one out. <laughs> hey, that's how we do it. All right. Uh, enjoyed the pod. Enjoyed it. It was a uh, recruiting heavy, but it's the off season, so we'll do that. We gave you a break from some of our crazy tangents. How about that? Uh, and you'll have the pod early this week, so we'll see. We'll see all you people 
just talk sports if this really works or not. We'll see if non-tangent podcast is better. We're going to do tangents anyway. I just hate to tell you that. All right. Thanks, Josh. Thanks, Eddie. Thanks, Bob. Uh, I am Kerry Murdoch, and we'll see you guys back here next week right here on the Unofficial 40 Podcast on Soonerscoop.com.